Anticipation has been built in on the first primary debate for the GOP, but they'll be doing it without the former president. Trump made it official. He will not be engaging in the Fox News debate. He will instead, at the same time, in a vintage Donald Trump move, do a sit-down exclusive interview with Tucker Carlson. Yes, that's the same Tucker Carlson that was the former Fox host. <laughs> Dr. Jerome Corsi and Ilana Friedman talked about the Trump factor and how the indictments will play out. And then an airline pilot died after collapsing in the bathroom of a Miami to Chile flight with 271 passengers aboard. This is the third pilot death this week alone. Josh Yoder from U.S. Freedom Flyers will tell us about the dangers to the flying public and what can be done about it. Viewpoint this Sunday is next. the bias, the lies and deceit, and bring forth real talk from real people about real news, providing the out loud truth and capturing the essence of a new generation all in a fast-paced hour. This is Viewpoint This Sunday. Welcome to the Weekend News Magazine, Viewpoint This Sunday. It is Malcolm Aloud here. Well, what is a debate going to be a debate without Donald Trump there? And that's, we're going to find that out soon enough, my fellow Americans. Welcome into the broadcast here. A privilege to have you here Sunday morning. We were all anticipating this decision. We've talked about it on the daily broadcast and through the network. Uh, We did not think he was going to show, and clearly he has made the strategic decision, but it gets even more interesting in the world of Donald Trump. How about a competing interview with uh, Tucker Carlson? Uh, Boy, that ought to be a dose of medicine back to Fox News here. Let's start the broadcast right there. Uh, And a privilege to welcome on the broadcast here. uh, Dr. Jerome Corsi joins me. And uh, first time I had him on, it's wonderful to have him. He's a New York Times bestselling author. Uh, He's over 30 books on politics and economics, uh, to his credit, to be sure. He's also the host of a a news program uh, that's called The Truth Central. And uh, so, uh, Dr. Corsi, welcome to the broadcast. Privilege to have you, sir. It's a great pleasure to be with you. Thank you very much. All right. So let's do this. And uh, so, all right. So (laughs) in Trump fashion, I mean, nothing should surprise us. So not only does he neglect to say, no, no, I'm not going to show up at that debate. But of course, Fox was uh, surely uh, took the oxygen out of the room for them when he said he wasn't going to go. But not only that, but he's taken the uh, former host, Tucker Carlson, and going to do a competing uh, debate uh, with uh, with uh, Tucker there. Uh, Boy, you can't make this stuff up only in the world of Donald Trump. Is this the right decision, first of all, for him, do you think, or, or should he be there? Oh, I think it's absolutely the right decision. I mean, Donald Trump is he's larger than life. I mean, it's hard to imagine anyone who's more well-known and either loved or hated than Donald Trump. And uh, quite frankly, if he appeared on the stage with the other candidates, he would be giving them more of a spotlight than they deserve. Uh, hardly any of these candidates are really known by the public, even DeSantis who has a very, very low rating at the moment. Popularity is very low. Uh, These other candidates would be given an opportunity to be seen and heard. 
what Donald Trump has done is he's now got all the audience shifting to him. <laughs> and uh, I don't know who's going to watch you know, these RNC clowns over here who are debating amongst each other because they're suddenly pretty irrelevant. Mm. And the, it's part of the problem at a deeper level. Donald Trump is not the GOP. He's not the Republican Party. The Republican Party establishment is really part of this uniparty with the Democrats. Mm-hmm. It's hard to tell the difference these days. And uh, certainly Mitch McConnell and others, Kevin McCarthy, uh, these are people who would just as soon Donald Trump went away. He's they would love to take Donald Trump's voters and their money, mm-hmm. love to take his their, his donor list, but they don't want him in the room and they don't want him to be the GOP candidate. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so Donald Trump, yeah. I think, is doing exactly the right thing, and he's mm-hmm. always been brilliant at knowing how to capture the stage, and he's done it again. Yeah, that's that's a good point. He's a, he's a showman, as you say, at the end of the day, uh, he knows right where, where that spotlight is. And, you know, your point a moment ago, uh, Dr. Corsi, I think is uh, something people forget. Uh, actually, it, we need to touch on that as well. And that is that he really doesn't represent the GOP. You're exactly right. And they're having fits right now, I am sure, because he's not willing to sign that disclaimer either that says, You'll support whoever it is, no matter what. Uh, he's not doing that. So he's sort of being very careful. He's walking a very fine line without completely pissing them off, although he surely has. But they're not going to make a statement publicly. Uh, and they're walking a fine line as well. How does this, first of all, it, it, with the relationship in the GOP, this is kind of interesting. We've never seen this before. What do you what do you think happens to that relationship with the Republican Party and Trump? Because he needs them to be able to get there, but yet there are times like this when he doesn't need them, huh? Well, I I think Trump really is his own party. I mean, the mega party should have been formed in some ways. uh, Interesting. And and have his his own party. But the problem is in American politics, it's hard for a third-party candidate to get on the ballot correctly, to draw the attention, to win. Uh, Third-party candidates like Ross Perot, there's been several of them, tend to be dividers. They tend to take votes away from one party or the other. Uh, I think Donald Trump is his own personality, is his own force. Mm-hmm. And the debate of the other candidates, are they're going to talk about Donald Trump. And I think Brett Beer, by the way, and Martha McCallum, who are hosting this thing, are going to be careful on that. I bet they're going to try to divert it away from Trump. What do you think? Well, then he's going to be the, you know, the the elephant in the room that no one wants to talk about, <laughs> you know, because they're all going to be talking around him when the real questions are that, you know, for instance, take an issue. Donald Trump would simply end the Ukraine war. And the GOP has been very much in favor of getting Ukraine and NATO. Well, so are they going to talk about, you know, what they want to do about the Ukraine war, whether we should be giving more weapons to the Ukrainians, or what are they going to talk about when the real issue is Trump would be saying we shouldn't have been fighting this war at all, except for the State Department, Victoria Newland, and others who want to push Ukraine into NATO right on the edge of Russia. When Trump was president, he said he wouldn't do that, and he didn't do that. But again, remember his State Department participated actively in the impeachment, impeachment attempt against Trump. When Trump dared to mention in a phone conversation to Zelensky, president of Ukraine, about Joe Biden's obvious corruption and whether Ukraine was going to do anything about it. So 
the State Department is also not in favor of Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. And Donald Trump is going to be over there with with uh, Tucker Carlson. He's going to be asking really interesting questions. And Donald Trump is probably going to be bombarding the GOP candidates as much as he's bombarding uh, Biden and the and the Democrats because mm-hmm. he he doesn't agree with any of them. And it, that's going to become obvious. Uh, you bring up Ukraine as a very interesting point of context, uh, Dr. Corsi, and in relation to your right, he's very declarative in his points. Uh, Trump does it. There's not a lot of gray area there. And he's gone to say exactly what you say. We shouldn't be there to begin with. You know, and I've said that often all the way through, if they would have just got to the table with Putin, but the but the uniparty, as you call it, uh, and the establishment did not want that. They just simply didn't. They started with that reset button back in Hillary Clinton days. They went with the Russia, Russia, Russia narrative and the the, the false dossier and the, the Moscow prostitutes uh, uh, peeing on them in hotels and the most outlandish things that they could put out there. Uh, and we really made a, uh, uh, a spectacle out of Russian-American relationships. That's I, I blame that uh, for the cause today. Uh, do you see it differently? No, I, I agree with you. I think the, the fundamental issue here is that you've got uh, the Democratic Party has always been in love with Russia since 1917 when it went communist. Yeah. And then when the Berlin Wall came down and the Russia renounced communism, the Democrats suddenly decided they hate Russia. And they've been trying to oppose Russia ever since. Now, the Donald Trump is going to take, I think, a page out of Jack Kennedy's book where he's saying, you know, in his you know, famous speech that he gave just before he was killed, at American University, when he said we we don't need to be fighting with the Russians, we these people are the same. We we all share the small planet. We all we ought to work these issues out. And he was reaching out to Khrushchev after the Cuban Missile Crisis and actually making progress. Got a uh, you know an atmospheric test ban agreed to with the Russians. Was making significant progress. Uh, until he got assassinated, and may that may have been a contributing factor to his assassination. But the point is, the point is that Donald Trump is going to be confrontative to both the GOP and to the Democrats. For instance, he's going to say on this global warming, it's all a hoax, and we ought to move the EPA, the Environmental Protection Agency, to Death Valley and give them all the solar and wind they want. <laughs> I love it. But they should stop legislating and saying every vehicle's got to be electric by by 2035 or whatever year they pick which is not by congress it's not a law the american people don't want it these are sixty thousand dollar vehicles or they the batteries burn the batteries cost a lot to replace we don't have the infrastructure in place this is an ideological agenda by the left in order to it's, it become neo-marxist they want to destroy capitalism it's the only reason they demonize carbon dioxide is because hydrocarbon fuels emit them that they're a minor molecule in the atmosphere, a minor impact on carbon dioxide on global warming. And Donald Trump is going to say that this is nonsense, that we don't need these rules and regulations. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, Donald Trump's going to remind everybody that under mm-hmm. his management, when he was president, we, we led the world in oil and natural gas production, and we could do it again. We could be energy self-sufficient. Yeah, yeah. These are it, these it, are it, these are themes that are going to appeal to the American people, yeah, but they're yeah. not going to appeal to the Republican Party because yeah. the Republican Party is participating in the bonanza. The Biden administration is giving the arms industry mm. and they don't want that money to stop flowing. So they can 
they're going to benefit from that money, all the politicians in Washington, and the corruption is rampant. They gave the pharmaceutical industry a big payday uh, during COVID, and now they're giving the industry, the arms industry, the military industrial complex, right? And, 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 and I think Trump's outside the military industrial yeah. complex and outside the GOP, and he's confrontative to both. Can Trump win a general election? Since we know that a lot of people have been turned off, as you already addressed, you either love him or hate him. And there's not a lot of middle ground with this dude. Can he win a general election and pull more of those people in? What do you think? If it's a fair election, he'll win by a landslide. Uh, I don't think there's anyone on the American scene, including mm. Michelle Obama, if she decides to run. It'll be a divisive election. Then we'll have socialism versus MAGA, make America great again, or more socialism. But the point is that no one holds the attention of the Republican voters more than Donald Trump. The The, the polls are not really realistically... I don't really trust the polls at all, and uh, I don't think the methodology of trying to find out who Republican voters are and specializing them as a category is sound any longer, because I think that the the vast majority of the people who identify as Republican are really Make America Great Again Trump supporters. The, the old establishment that was the Republican Party strength, which was business leaders, uh, more wealthy individuals, etc. The 1950s coalition, 1960s coalition of the GOP has been under challenge by Goldwater. It's been under challenge by Reagan. And now Donald Trump is a massive challenge to that coalition. Uh, the voters have really realigned, even though it has not been officially recognized as such. And the Democrats are going to be desperate to steal an election. And Donald Trump now with these indictments has the opportunity to put on trial the 2020 election and the american people are happy to have this litigated hmm. because you know they're not being allowed to talk about the emperor has no clothes on so hold on now so you you are saying now that's interesting you're the juxtaposition you just put out there dr corsi you're okay this is fascinating you're saying that these indictments in the 2020 uh, election to be litigated out in public, you're saying this is a great opportunity now potentially for Trump. Is is that that what you're saying? Yes, I think that they uh, the in their hatred of Donald Trump, wow. the Department of Justice and the prosecutors in Georgia have just exposed to the American people their insanity, and the American people watched this election, and and millions saw the trucks with ballots coming in the middle of the night, the, the polls shut down, the running of ballots through these machines. Enough issues were raised that Americans are saying this is not the way to hold an election. And when Donald Trump gets to present evidence on that, in fact, every indictment Donald Trump got increased his popularity. What the American people are sure. sick and tired of is this double standard of justice. You've got Biden over here with massive corruption, massive corruption, who, who is a seems to have some kind of a, a you know a dementia problem which is obvious and you've got probably obama in the background running it and obama, obama is going to say well i'm going to have michelle run i'll have i'll be this will be my fourth term i'll <laughs> run it from the background she can just be a figurehead which is what he said on late night uh show remember he said that yes he said that in fact i think he's been, he stayed in washington traditionally presidents when they have left the white house do not stay in washington he has a house on Martha's Vineyard, and he's got one in Calamora, which is a very trendy section of Washington, D.C. 
and he is he's behind the scenes kept his team together valerie jarrett and susan rice and the uh, the bunch of them who, who are, are actually the running strength. a lot of the biden uh, group yes. those same cast of characters you're speaking about there, same yeah. Yeah. and they're they're in the biden white house they're running running the show right now the american people see that this department of justice uh should be defunded and shut down we're talking about defund the police i'm I'm not in favor of defunding the police, of course, but I am in favor of defunding this Department of Justice. Yeah. If you have political justice, you don't have justice. And if we can't talk about it, everybody knows it's a lie. And Donald Trump is going to stand up on that stage and he's going to say this is insanity. Biden has just indicted over and over and over again his leading political opponent. We're going to start using the Department of Justice to indict political opponents and indict everybody associated with them. You know, the Department of Justice wanted to indict me in the uh, Russian collusion hoax because they thought I had a tie to Julian Assange. I turned over to them my computers. I cooperated with them. They, they gave me a plea deal, wanted me to plead that I had a tie with Julian Assange and lied about it. I refused to take that plea deal wow. because I knew in my heart that I had not lied. And I said they could put me in jail the rest of my life but I was not going to refuse to, I was going to refuse to take their plea deal. They did not indict me. Mm-hmm. I told the American public they were lying. I knew they were lying. I yeah, knew I there was no that. Russian hoax. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I know firsthand that this Department of Justice has nothing to do with justice. It has to do with political enforcement. It's like the KGB. And this is the kind of issue that Donald Trump has just been given a stage. And throughout the election cycle, nobody's going to care what whomever the Democrat says about the economy, because they've made a shambles of the economy yep. already. And right. they're all going to be focused on Donald Trump saying the 2020 election was fraudulent. And I want the 2024 election to be clean. Right. That's going right. to become, and he's going to have a stage to have that issue adjudicated. And again, that's going to draw okay. all the oxygen. Let me get to the point in our last couple of final moments here. And it is this. All right. Trump is asking for delay in these trials. He's asking to get these, uh, of course, special counsel Jack Smith. He's a pretty smooth operator, I have to say. Uh, I just have a sense, a lot of his relationships, first of all, very devious, and he fits right into, I mean, he's a perfect guy to try to tear Donald Trump apart, as Jack Smith is. I mean, it's a bit of a setup, really, back to your point of the Justice Department or the uh, the uh, Injustice Department. Can he effectively delay these indictments to after the trial? Do you see that happening, first off, uh, to be able to get to the other side of this? And, and really, uh, Dr. Corsi, isn't this a race to the White House at this point? Because if he gets there first before he before they try to put him behind bars, the game entirely changes. Speak about that point, please. Well, uh, I don't think I think Donald Trump will probably not be able to delay the trial, but I think actually he's going to find it an advantage. I think he's realizing this to have the trial be the focus of attention during the election. Right. If he focuses on the the fraud in the past election, he's going to gain a lot of support. Now, as to sharp prosecutors, Mueller himself was not running the Russian collusion investigation was being run by Weissman. There's probably no meaner Department of Justice or smarter or cleverer than Weissman. And Weissman lost because he had lies on his side. And right now, Jack Smith has got lies on his side, and Trump is going to be able to expose that. Well, hold on. Let me jump in now. There's 91 charges, criminal charges against him in these indictments. 
I mean, it's hard to, you know, when you throw that much against the wall, typically something sticks, Dr. Corsi. Do you think, I mean, in your wildest dreams, do you see him, even before the selection, skating through all of that, even in the public sphere? Or don't you think some of this could potentially stick to him? I think if Donald Trump got indicted, that he would, he would, I mean, if got convicted, Mm -hmm. it would actually increase his popularity. Mm -hmm. You know, again, uh, Eugene Debs in the World War One era, one of the socialist labor leaders at the time, was jailed for giving a speech violating the Espionage Act, which is what charge the charge against Trump. Some of these charges are the same 1917 Espionage Act. Debs ran for president from prison. He got a million votes. And Donald Trump could run for president from prison and do extremely well. Because so, you, again, so you see this as what we're talking about here, and, and we'll have to further this again on another day here, but what you're speaking about, Dr. Corsi, is this is really a revolutionary moment in our nation because you're talking about, uh, no matter what happens, the defense of this whole situation, the rise of really MAGA, Make America Great Again, the rise of patriotism in the country, you see that as kind of a wall and that there's going to be a moment here. Something's going to have to give on this thing, I, I think. Is that the crux of it? I think the American people are returning more to God. They're rejecting this woke. They're rejecting this, you know, transgenders teaching kindergarten. They've had enough. Right. And when the economy deteriorates and they're at risk of losing their homes and the like, they're going to remember that Donald Trump had prosperity. They're going to remember these Democrats can only destroy. They're sick and tired of Biden and the whole bunch of them making money by selling the country out. They're tired of China and Russia gaining ascendancy. Our dollars at risk right now of being de-dollarized. The BRICS nations are talking about creating their own currency that is commodity or gold backed. This country is deteriorating under the Democratic leadership. And I think the American people aren't ready to live in a banana republic quite yet. That is the question right there, my friend. Let's leave it right there. Thank you for joining us here on Viewpoint this Sunday, sir. Uh, my great pleasure. Thank you. Okay. Uh, let me tell folks as well that uh, the truthcentral.com is the site where you can visit more of what uh, Dr. Corsi is doing. Uh, his whole, uh, many of his books, you'll find them in the America Out Loud bookstore. In fact, as you listen to this on, on the Sunday broadcast, we just put them in there and you'll be able to get them and, and, uh, and educate yourself a little bit more about what's going on in some of his writings as well. We'll see you right back here and just on the other side uh, on Viewpoint this Sunday. The America Out Loud talk radio app is on Android or Apple. It's the perfect way to listen in to the new generation of talk shows and hosts who are ready to inform and inspire. Millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of the toxic spike protein. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at the Wellness Company designed their spike support formula to counteract harmful spike protein from COVID-19 and vaccines so you can feel your best. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. For 25 years, Global Healing has proudly produced the highest quality supplements and cleansing programs that are rooted in nature and backed by science. Get 15% off all of our products using code OUTLOUD. Global Healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. Welcome back into Viewpoint this Sunday. Malcolm Out here and... Uh... We're going to continue on with this RICO indictment for a moment here, at least, and also some developments 
Uh, in regards to Taiwan and China, I do want to touch on in the last couple of days as well uh, with this Taiwan, uh, with the vice president's trip here to the U.S., uh, that's kind of got uh, China um, lashing out a bit at Taiwan right now. And uh, as they tend to do, whenever something doesn't go to their liking, uh, they sort of uh, whip, whiplash them a bit there on the uh, the island there. Uh, let's uh, jump more back into this here. Ilana Friedman joins me now on the broadcast. Ilana's a veteran intelligence analyst, advisor in intelligence-led counterterrorism solutions. She's a fabulous author, great books. Uh, they're in the America Out Loud bookstore as well. And uh, just a, a terrific uh, um, uh, commentator and a political analyst here. Uh, Ilana, this, you have an op-ed as well on the platform. Uh, the RICO indictment is in itself. Uh, election interference. A lot of people would agree with that statement here. Uh, let, I want to talk for a minute about uh, this uh, uh, Fannie Willis, or I, Ezra, as I affectionately call her, Alana, Fannie Willis, because she seems to be like a complete ass to me. So I call her that as a side joke. Um, I just call it just keeping it real, just keeping it real. Uh, so there is a state senator in Georgia now that is moving to impeach the Fulton County District Attorney, which I think is uh, almost as fun as a barrel of monkeys here. Uh, and um, a bit about bringing these charges against uh, President Trump. And uh, it's uh, Senator Colton Moore is moving to impeach uh, her. He's accusing this prosecutor, Ilana, of carrying out a political agenda against Trump, which a lot of people would say that seems to be fairly uh, in, in line with a lot of thinking here. He says, and I quote, as a Georgia state senator, I am officially calling for an emergency session to review the actions of uh, Fannie or Fanny uh, Willis. Um, and uh, he, he says America is under attack. Well, I think a lot of us would agree with that. I'm not going to sit back and watch as the radical left prosecutors politically target political opponents. Uh, he also went and put a letter out there to Georgia Governor Brian Kemp. Uh, to demand a special session, he called to address the actions of uh, of uh, Willis. You know, I, I don't think Kemp is going to do a damn thing about it because he's been on the opposite side of all this. Trump has gotten under his skin and vice versa, and they're not on talking terms, clearly. What do you think about this potential of this uh, senator there doing this and uh, and uh, Fannie Fanny Willis? <laughs> well, I think it's outstanding that they're finally <laughs> pushing back. I've been... <laughs> I've been really appalled at, at how little has we've heard about people in Georgia, uh, particularly representatives and senators, uh, elected officials who have been silent about all this. Malcolm, this is a coordinated attack by the Democrat Party against a single man to stop him from ever returning to the White House for a second term. And People like uh, Fannie Willis have shown that they will stop at nothing and will be stopped by nothing. They will use lies and laws and mob violence if necessary, and they will weaponize the courts and federal agencies, whatever it takes, to destroy him completely. Well, let me ask you this. Why Why the hell didn't they go after and prosecute uh, Stacey Abrams for all the lying and BS she did on the microphone out there? Well, one of the things that they're accusing him of is the crime, as they call it, of not uh, conceding the election in 2020 when when uh, he was really fighting against what was an, an, an 
abundance of corruption in the vote in the vote tallying process. Wouldn't they have to lock up and, half the country, Alana, if that's the case? Well, that here's the thing: they called this uh, what what Trump did a conspiracy, a right. crime. Right. But their own Stacey Abrams did exactly the same thing. She ran for governor, I think it was in 2016, and she still hasn't conceded. No. But she's their hero, and he is their nemesis. Right. And he's, he's, he's the villain. Oh. He's the villain, yeah. Yeah, she said she would never concede that election. She's all over. She's very aggressive. You go watch <laughs> any of her interviews, uh, Stacey Abrams, and I mean, she puts it right out there in no uncertain terms and uh, talks about the fraud and the scam and how she was, uh, you know, um, labeled and just abusive and uses racism. Yeah, it's the same garbage they always do, racism yeah, but this and all is- of that, you know. This is bald-faced hypocrisy. They are accusing Trump of doing exactly what she did. Well, but that's the that's the mo of the uh, the Marxist uh, Democrat leftist party today. The progressive crazies have taken it over, Alana, and uh, that's what they think, right? You know, it is it is what they. But the interesting thing for me is that that the way they have gone about doing it, the way this DA has has gone about um, setting this thing up. She has, at her bidding, the grand jury has issued arrest warrants for all 19 defendants and in a 41 count indictment. And the the interesting thing is that it was released before the, the jury had voted on it. The whole thing is so bizarre. Now, I, picture this. Um, 19 defendants, first of all, being booked on Friday, I guess, coming up. And this, so there's a parade of 19 people going into this uh, jail and being booked. There's a, a perp walk of 19 people. Wow. They all, and then consider, think about the courtroom where this happens. There are 19 people, and then there are their their legal teams, and then there are the- They're going to need a stadium, right? They're going to need a stadium. They're going to need a stadium for all these press. Let me ask you this here. The way you just lay it out here, now there's a visual. Everybody can just visualize in their mind what they're experiencing. You know, it kind of is an interesting uh, point, Ilana. Don't you think perhaps- she or they, uh, maybe she specifically, has overplayed her hand a little bit here? <laughs> I think she's overplayed her hand a great deal, a lot. And okay. I think she, it's going to come back and bite her. I hope it does bite her Well, let, now let me move it along and talk also about Special Counsel Jack Smith, because he he is the federal case, and he's, he's going to have priority over the state here. Uh, she thinks she's going to get a case in like six months. I mean, I've just been reading reports. Oh, yeah, in the past few years, she thinks... For real, she thinks she's going to try this thing in six months. I mean, I think hell would freeze over first before she'd be trying this in six months. I mean, the federal case is certainly in front of this and a whole lot more that he's being crucified for. Uh, so Jack Smith, though, uh, you know, and I, and, and I was asking uh, Dr. Corsi that in front of the program and others about uh, do we think that that uh, indictment is going to happen uh, with Jack Smith before the election? Because. Right now, Trump is asking to get it. His people, lawyers are asking to get it after the uh, uh, the election, you know, to be done with that. Uh, do you think that happens before? And uh, I mean, because right now it's a race to the White House, isn't it? Whether an indictment comes first or an arrest or something else, a, a charge of criminality or 
what have you versus, you know, him getting there first. What do you think about that? Well, I think the whole point of this is to disrupt the election. What they're accusing him of is trying to interfere with the election of 2020. But what they are doing big time is interfering with the election of 2024. And they are doing everything in their power to keep him from running. And they want basically to put him in prison uh, so that he can't run and he can't be elected. Well, let me ask you this, Alana. A lot, while a lot of people would agree with you, say there's a good amount of people who would disagree and say that they are that they are uh, doing this because they, uh, in other words, it's the opposite of fear in him. They they think he's going to be like a great uh, uh, competitor. They think they can defeat him handily, that Biden or whoever the hell is running in the Democrat Party, they think that Trump is so well disliked that they believe that uh, they can beat him and that they really want him to be the candidate. You're not buying that. No, I don't buy that at all. Look, this is Trump's fourth indictment in five months. <laughs> They're after him. They are after his blood. And he he faces a total of 91 charges yeah. across all these indictments. And he's pleaded not guilty to every felony count. Yeah. He has repeatedly denied any wrongdoing. And he's calling these cases a witch hunt. A witch hunt. And I think he's absolutely right. This well. is... Very clearly what they are trying to do everything in their power to destroy him. To your point, we've gone from a historical point with the first indictment to the lunacy point now of yes. uh, how many indictments there are and how fast they come. We've never seen anything like this. I mean, this is uh, beyond outrageous. I, I someone uh, I just got a report in the other day, maybe uh, 24 hours ago, Ilana, telling me that uh, potentially that Arizona is maybe looking or considering some of the officials out there maybe looking to maybe do a complaint. And then someone said, well, maybe if Arizona does, uh, potentially Pennsylvania will. And I mean, how many more of these could there be? I wonder, my golly. Well, I think it, the, the, there, there's quite a long list of states that are uh, anti-Trump, but in, ter in terms of their government, Michigan, for example, Minnesota, um, California, you know, the yeah, list goes yeah. on. Let me ask you this big question here. What, what what do you think the chances are for real? I mean, in your heart of hearts, with all this against him, it's a full tsunami right now. What? what, what I mean, just take a, a take a Vegas guess. What is the what is the percentage of chance in your mind right now today that you think, Ilana, that he makes it back into sixteen hundred Pennsylvania Avenue? What do you think that is? Is it fifty fifty? Is it eighty twenty? What do you think? You know, I I I think it depends on how this plays out. Um and I I would hate to to I I have spent most of my uh professional life forecasting things right. by watching trends and right. uh you know and and analyzing But this how, is a tall order though, isn't it? Yeah, it's a very tall order. Malcolm, we are living in very dangerous times yeah. and they're getting more dangerous over you know, every day. What I see in this uh, forecast is that the forces of chaos are being encouraged by irresponsible and self-serving leaders yeah. and Marxist leaders. Yep, and yep. lining up, or, or maybe they're not Marxist, maybe they're just anarchists. And I think that's, that All is... Right. Possibly Talking about dangerous times, I want to segue to some... May uh, I just finish, may I finish the thought? That lining up against those of us who believe in law and order... Uh, and responsible government, and most of all, individual liberty cover, coupled 
with individual responsibility. But if we're not strong enough to successfully combat these forces, I see America descending into chaos. Yeah, yeah. And I think a lot of people would agree with that statement, frankly. Let's talk about some geopolitical uh, uh, problems here that are happening around the world. And uh, just the last uh, day or so here, um, China has launched a series of drills uh, and uh, in response, uh, they're a little ripped up here right now at the moment, as they typically get, because the Taiwan vice president's trip to the United States. Uh, the Taiwan's defense uh, ministry uh, says that it has detected 42 Chinese aircraft and eight ships involved in drills around the island. Uh, this was just happening yesterday on Saturday, and that it had deployed ships and aircraft in response. Uh, so, And this has become pretty usual um, pretty routine now for China when they don't like what they don't like, they react in that way. Just another drill, nothing more to look at here, you think, or what? No, I, I, well, I, I, I have a theory about China that they have overreached their capacity to accomplish their goals uh, by a very, very large margin. But having said that, that doesn't mean that they're not going to try. Uh, and, and what they um, have said is that uh, they were they launched these drills in order to test their armed forces' ability to fight in real combat conditions. Right, right. That came from their Xinhua yeah. news agency, mm -hmm. and and they are they are pushing the envelope as hard as they can without actually getting into a conflict. Yeah. Uh, the question is, at what point do you lose control? Well, and do I you think do you think they out. might uh, do you think they might uh, a lot of people don't believe this is the time they're going to do anything. But of course, we are distracted here domestically as well. And China is full aware of that and more so about what the hell is going on here back at home. They know Biden is, uh, you know, an empty suit. Uh, they know that, you know, that it's being run by others. I mean, they all know all of this. They know more than we even know because of all their spying and everything else going on. Uh, Ilana, frankly, about the federal government. Um, you know, maybe it is an opportune time. They say, hey, the, the water looks good. Let's jump on in and see if we can't grab Taiwan. But I don't think it goes so easy like that. And you don't think that's on the menu, do you, for them? I don't think it's it's necessarily on the menu, but I think this is a a gas leak in search of a spark. And I, you know, I, I'm I'm ready to accept the fact that by accident somebody will shoot at somebody else, and a war will start. Mm, interesting, interesting. So it could be a spark somewhere to do something that might create a, right, a, a, a rolling effect, and then we'd, we'd have a real problem there. Um, it, it gets really complicated, too, when it comes to Taiwan. A lot of people believe we should stay out of it entirely, just like Ukraine. They don't want to get involved in these affairs. Uh, Russia and China right now are kind of having their way They're with whatever the hell they want to have it with. Um, we don't really have a strong force in foreign policy because of, obviously, the administration and what had transpired in Afghanistan and, and other uh, ways they played their hand, Ilana. Um, you know, Ukraine as well. There's no end in sight out there, Ilana, with Ukraine and Russia. Uh, it's kind of a tit-for-tat thing. There's really no clear winner. Any any other developments on that front you're seeing on Ukraine? Not not, not that I'm seeing. I, I see that, that China and, um, and Russia are having a kind of uh, hate, love-hate relationship. Uh, they are they've joined forces because 
uh, it's they consider that it's in their both their best interest to do that. And then they brought Iran in. So that's a it's a triumvirate of sorts, but it's a shaky one. And so, I, you know, I, I don't think I don't think we really know where this is going. China has its own agenda and it doesn't include Russia or or Iran. China wants to rule the world. This is Xi Jinping's big, big dream of, uh, you know, the, the dragon has a the beast, the great beast has awakened. And uh, yeah, safe to say right now, America is probably the most vulnerable right now in the next, what, two years between now and when the next president takes office. Uh, we're probably at greater risk the closer we get to that election, do you think? I think so. Yeah, I think so. I think, look, we're, we've become a laughing stock of the world. And I think China looks at us. First of all, they own Biden, you know, yeah. hook, line and sinker. And and they 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 have already paid him so much money, him and his his corporation. Yeah. Uh, in excess of 20 million dollars, by the way, to the family. And, and we oh, don't I even know the probably, full. Probably I think more. It's probably a lot more than that. Yeah. Uh, at one point during the Afghan thing, um, the my, the intelligence I got was that China had promised him $50 million uh, if they would get out of Afghanistan on the 31st of August. Wow. Isn't that fascinating? Yeah. I mean, wow. This is, you know, there's a lot running around. There are a lot of rumors. There's a lot of, yeah. of intelligence that is uncorroborated. Yeah. Uh, and and you hear, you know, in my position, I hear a lot of this stuff and it's very hard to prove one way or another, particularly in a situation like this where everything is, right, right. you know, under wraps. I want to remind you about AmericaOutloud.shop. Uh, and it is the newest place to get to on our platform uh, where you can get all those great products we talk about with those deep discounts we've negotiated for all of our listeners and readers and the America Out Loud family. Uh, it is a great place to go and get all of that. You'll get the great connections and the uh, uh, the uh, listener discounts are spelled right out there. Uh, I want to bring your attention uh, to Cofix uh, Rx. Uh, they have a new throat spray coming into the fall season now. And with all of these variants and, and flus and superbugs and RSV and things of that nature, this is going to be a must to, must have. It's a, it's a new protocol where you, you know, you remember the nasal hygiene you use. That is fantastic with uh, Cofix and the, in the uh, nasal cavity to get that pathogen. Now you've got a throat spray because that's the other place it enters into your mouth. And that also kills the pathogens and the bugs in there. It's brand new. It's a throat spray in addition to the nasal hygiene. And you've got a whole new protocol. And as you'll see on the uh, AmericaOutloud.shop, uh, you'll get 25% uh, off when you buy the throat spray. So check that out as well. Stay right there. More Viewpoint in just a moment. With the rise of independent media, we are now AmericaOutloud.news. For the genius of the United States is not found in its executives or legislatures, nor its ambassadors, authors, colleges, or churches, nor even in its newspapers or inventors. The genius of the United States is we the people. AmericaOutloud.news, liberty and justice for all. Cofix RX Nasal Solution has completed the circle and is now offering throat spray with povidone iodine. That completes the protocol doctors like Peter McCullough recommend. 
If staying healthy is important, you'll want to make sure to add throat spray to your next order of Cofix RX. For a limited time and exclusive for America Out Loud listeners only, you can save 25% off your entire order. Let's double down against colds, flus, strep, RSV, HRV, COVID, and more. Click the banner or go to America Out Loud shop to get 25% off your entire order. Use coupon code OUTLOUD25. That's coupon code OUTLOUD25. Welcome back to Viewpoint this Sunday. It's Malcolm Out Loud here, and thank you, my fellow Americans, for being on the mission here. And uh, listen, we, we've experienced a whole new chapter when it comes to traveling, and surely flying is a whole different thing today than it was uh, pre-COVID uh, versus what we've gone through now. But one of the big underlying things we've seen is beyond all the mandates and, and the travel industry and all of that, is there's a rash of these pilots that are dying in the cockpit. And this recent one was an airline pilot died after collapsing it in the bathroom. This was from Miami to um, to Chile, in fact. Uh, was a flight, 271 passengers aboard. It's just happened here this week. And, uh, and, and by the way, there was an off-duty pilot from another airline that just happened, just coincidental, happened to be on board the flight as a passenger. And he actually jumped in and helped with radio communications as the flight re- returned there uh, down uh, safely. So this has become an underlying problem. And, and to go further with that, there's been a series of these incidents uh, that we're seeing now. There's, a, I guess I'm seeing reports now there's a third pilot death this week, in fact, with a series of these internationally. Uh, let's take that right here on and bring on Josh Yoder joins me. And Josh is a veteran, major airline pilot and president of U.S. Freedom Flyers. Now, this is an organization that was on the front lines, to be sure, throughout COVID, um, really fighting for the the industry against these illegal mandates and that sort of thing. Josh, welcome to Viewpoint this Sunday, sir. Malcolm, thank you so much for having me on. It's a pleasure. All right. So let's let's this other one here now. First of all, let's let's inform people to what's going on, what you suspect. I want to be careful. We we told the line here that we don't a lot of the stuff is being sensationalized out there. These deaths that are occurring, nobody's really admitting what's causing them. How do we know or do we not know or are we just guessing that it's related? Because we know everybody in the industry had to have a vaccine. Is that correct? Um, well, most most airlines did, in fact, mandate it for their employees. However, it was the work of U.S. Freedom Flyers and, and organizing employees to actually stand up to the illegal mandates. And we had a lot of success there. Um, about 20 percent of the airline industry did not get vaccinated um, due to the resistance um, that we were showing early on. So let, uh, let, me, let me slow that down just a moment. I didn't know that. So you're saying about, Josh, <laughs> about 20 percent was able to, to get through with the uh, exemptions, that sort of thing? On average, across the industry, you know, some airlines are more vaccinated than others. Um, as an example, United Airlines, they're probably, you know, well over a 96 or 97 percent vaccination rate, whereas um, American Airlines is, you know, closer to 27 percent unvaccinated. Uh, United, you know, especially was totalitarian towards its employees. As far as these these deaths and these um, pilot incapacitations that we're just seeing a rash of now, actually, so far this month. I mean, the first two weeks, um, we've seen we've seen five, three pilot deaths um, in flight, as well as two other incapacitations. Um, it's a growing problem. And yes, look, we we, we do recognize that um, can't blame all of these um, deaths and incapacitations on, you know, conclusively on on vaccine injuries. But we have to ask the question, what's going on? Something's going on. And the issue that we have at U.S. Freedom Flyers is the fact that the FAA is not looking into this. 
And you you know they're not looking into it. You're saying you just know that. To well, be we have filed we have filed um, many FOIA requests. We have um, you know we petitioned the FAA to to take a closer look at this. What they're doing internally that they're not releasing that we can't say for sure. Right. And uh, what we can say for sure is they're not being transparent with the public and they're right. not answering our questions. Josh, why do you addition- think they're not looking into it? Why 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 why? why I mean th- that doesn't make sense though, does it? It, it does actually make sense when you realize that they um, participated in, in breaking the law okay. and um, and actually violating their own policies and procedures. Um, you know, when they allowed when they allowed even allowed pilots to take these um, so-called vaccines, um, that was in direct um, contradiction to um, FAA policy when they did so. And now that we're starting to see the fallout, I believe that they are concerned uh, for their for their legal liability at this point. Um, as well as the airlines. They certainly realize they have a problem. I'm aware of at least two airlines that are that have opened investigations into the um, increased number of, of pilot incapacitations that are occurring. Um, whether or not those results will be made public is a different story. Now, let me ask you this here point, and I don't know the answer to this, but the, the pilot uh, incapacitations you're speaking about right now, you know, what I'm asking is, it, does the data or trajectory show that there's just more of them happening now than there were before? Do we know that? Um, there are certainly far more happening now than there were before. This started um, in 2021. We certainly there were pilot incapacitations, you know, prior to COVID, right. uh, but it was a rare event. Pilots are typically a, a very healthy subset of the population, and we've asked the FAA. We filed FOIA requests looking for the actual data of the number of pilot incapacitations, and what's most telling is that they're refusing to turn over that data. However, when I go back just like the past six months, and we look at the number of incapacitations that have happened that have been very public. Um, it's a, it's a huge increase. We've had as many in the past in the past six months, I think, as we've had in the in the you know previous some um, twenty years, at least that we could find in, in public data. So something's going on, and that's what has us truly concerned is the fact that no one seems to be looking into it, and the FAA doesn't want to be transparent about what's happening. Yeah, no, I hear you there, loud and clear. Uh, so I the, let me go here now and ask you this here as a general rule, Josh. Um, uh, I, I read somewhere in the um, research for this that there was uh, the, you, you're not airline pilots in the U.S. Uh, they are required. What is it? Every six months was it? Every six months, or they or annually? I guess they have to have a medical certificate every year. There it is. Uh, under forty. Oh, every six months if they're over forty. Is that true? Yes, if they're <clears throat> that's correct. If they're over forty, then it's every you know every six months you're going in for a medical exam. Uh, below 40, it's it's once a year. And a, a pilot gets their first cardiac test, which is nothing more than an EKG, uh, which is not sufficient um, to detect, you know, side effects from these vaccines that we know, you know, things like myocarditis. Right. So you get a baseline test at the age of 35. And then once you turn 40, you get an EKG every year. Here's, here's where we have concern. Uh, we know that these vaccines are causing cases of myocarditis. Myocarditis left untreated has a 20% mortality rate within two years, a 50% mortality rate within five years. And the FAA is not testing pilots for what is known to be one of the most common side effects uh, that we're seeing from these so-called vaccines. The EKG won't detect that. And so we have pilots walking around that aren't aren't getting the proper screenings. And we're seeing this this large increase in, in people just you know dying suddenly. We're seeing it in athletes, we're seeing it in pilots, and just and also the general population. And there again, we have to ask the question why. And it's you know U.S. Freedom Flyers has been has been working with pilots who do have concerns, and we we work with providers across the country who are who are um, 
testing these pilots who want to voluntarily come forward. And it's incredible. Some of the numbers that we're seeing, we're seeing um, at our, one of our latest testing events, we saw a 66 um, uh, percent of the pilots that were tested actually had at least minor cases of myocarditis. Wow. That's, that's significant, that's significant numbers. Um, uh, and that's what I kind of wanted to expose what you just shared of uh, the, uh, the fact of um some of the numbers and the requirements of testing for these uh, pilots. Uh, so there's a sense of safety and security. Now, let me ask you, as a, for the flying public uh, safety, let's talk about that a moment here. Um, is you yourself a pilot? And, and uh, as I understand it with the airlines, you always have a pilot and you have another, you have a co-pilot. I mean, you have, an, you, there's more than just the one pilot that can fly the plane. Is that a correct statement? That is a correct statement. Yes, every airliner has two fully qualified pilots up front that could fly the aircraft. Right. And the aircraft are are designed to be flown by two pilots, however. Uh, but in the event of an emergency, a pilot incapacitation, there is someone else to take over. Here's where we have concern. And that's if that pilot incapacitation happens during something we call a critical phase of flight, right. which is low to the ground on, on takeoff or landing. You know, you certainly have the startle factor if the person next to you suddenly becomes un unconscious. Uh, then you have the, um, you know, the recognition time, you have the reaction time. So depending on on where and when that happens, it, it could absolutely be catastrophic. Um, that's what we're trying to to prevent. You know, prevention is always um, better than a cure. And um, what has us concerned is the fact that there seems to be um, such a lack of interest, um, you know, from the federal aviation uh, administration level and also airline management to, to truly address what has now um, become a, a very um, a prominent concern. We're starting to see this in a lot of walks of life, actually, Josh. We uh, talk all the time on air about it with all what's happened to the athletes, um, the professional athletes and, and even um, school athletes. And uh, I mean, dropping dead. It's been a rash of that sort of thing happening. We're seeing it in many industries normally very healthy, active people, and myocarditis and pericarditis are, are real problems that are surfacing. It looks like as this progresses on, we're going to know more and more and more as to what transpires here. And like you were talking about some of those numbers recently, 60 some odd percent, you said, potentially walking around with some form of myocarditis, which can be, as you say, deadly. Oh, for sure. So what do we expect to see? Do we, I mean, I'm getting the sense there's more and more of this happening. We're going to know more in the months and years ahead how bad it is. And I guess that's the job you'll be doing there at U.S. Freedom Flyers is kind of helping to bring safety and security back to where it needs to be. You'll probably be, as you were throughout COVID, very outspoken about this, I would imagine. Yes, I think it's very important that the flying public is aware of what's going on. You know, the passengers truly have an ability to make a difference here. They should be contacting their favorite airlines. They should also be contacting the Federal Aviation Administration and demanding that they look into this. I think it's it's an important issue. It's one that, that can't be ignored. And while the, the critics the critics will say that this is just anecdotal information, um, I think that's I think that's a great reason to actually open a true investigation into the situation. And if it's, uh, you know, if, you know, if it's truly is just anecdotal, let's let's prove that. But I, I don't think uh, I don't think anyone at this point in the industry can deny can deny that we have a problem. I hear, you know, I receive calls from pilots and their families, um, you know, multiple times a week. And there's you know, there, it's not just the it's not just the pilots who are dying in the air. Um, it's also the ones who, have you know, they're losing their flight medicals. They're developing uh, cardiac issues and also the ones who are dying at home. I hear about this frequently.
Right. That's another stat. You're right. You're dying at some other point, and maybe it's not included in this because it wasn't that work kind of thing. Uh, we're seeing that a lot as well. All right. So as far as uh, in um, uh, final thoughts here, the uh, with the flying public, then as far as how concerned, I mean, let's face it, you're uh, you know, you're at 30,000 feet or uh, at any point of the flight. Uh, you don't want that scenario with somebody in a in a critical situation, which just happened. Uh, and there's been three this past week, and this uh, one just happened in Miami uh, from a flight, Miami to Chile. Uh, so what uh, what can we do? Uh, you just mentioned action steps, and I kind of like those with the FAA getting, getting the FAA's face and also the airlines themselves. I guess if there's enough of that, Josh, if there's a tsunami of outpour and and the flying public to say, hey, wait a minute, wait a minute. I mean, this is different than, you know, just going shopping and the cashier passes out. This is a freaking pilot that, you know, that could have your life at risk. I guess awareness like this is about it. Anything else the public should know or do or let's try to put a campaign together to get people to react, you know? Sure. First, first of all, I would like for people to visit our website, usfreedomflyers.org. And if you get behind our organization, what we're doing is we're pursuing litigation against the FAA to force them to address this issue. They've obviously proven that they're not going to be proactive in fixing the problem. So we're going to have to bring litigation to force them to take action. Have you done that so yet or is that something you're thinking about doing? It's It's currently pending. We have a case that we're currently working on. It has not yet been filed. Uh, this is obviously very expensive. U.S. Freedom Flyers is a 501c3 nonprofit. So people, if they would like to get behind this issue, you can go to usfreedomflyers.org and you can donate there. And that money will be used in litigation against the FAA. And we truly do need the public support. This isn't an issue that can just be fully addressed by pilots or other aircrew members. And um, this is something where we need passengers to get behind us as well. It's an issue that truly affects all of us. Yeah, no, I see it totally, totally. And, uh, I mean, that's not something to play around with in the travel industry when you're flying like that. Uh, Josh, we'll get uh, some of these links, and if you'll provide them to us, we'll get them in the post when the show goes to podcast on Sunday afternoon. Fair enough? Fair enough. Thank you, Malcolm. Thank you, Josh. All right. Uh, uh, So, my friends, uh, I think this is an important story, what's happened in the airline industry. And Josh has been a patriot among patriots uh, on the front lines fighting this here with U.S. Freedom Flyers. And they're deeply concerned, and a lot of pilots are deeply concerned. Naturally, not a lot of this is being reported, uh, and certainly not being reported accurately. Uh, Our job is to stay on top of it and warn the public of what's transpiring. This is a story we cover a lot on uh, the network here on America Out Loud, to be sure, in a lot of these uh, areas. And uh, we'll continue to do it here. Our friends, it's all back at AmericaOutloud.news. Uh, visit us there and share the out loud truth across our great country and around the world. It's time to get involved and get loud, America.